I'm Kane Winstead. Hello, Internet. I'm Matthew Derrigish. And you're listening to the Untold Talks of Spider-Man, where we'll be taking a look at the deep cuts and forgotten tales of the Spider-Man library, looking for lost gems, and what it truly means to be a Spider-Man story. Matt, let's tell our dear, dear listeners what we are talking about today. All right. Today we're talking about something a little bit on the edge from 2014's edge of spider verse number four i walked with the spider written by clay mcload chaplin art by ila bonetti colored by veronica uh gandhi and lettered by clayton Kaus. gandini gandini <laughs> sorry not gandhi uh i think you're glasses prescription might need to be updated i'm actually getting new glasses soon so that's oh well hey maybe maybe then you'll read the names right (laughs) that'll never happen kane that will never happen (laughs) so all right this comic you know you guys can find freaking anywhere it's in dollar bins it's online for relatively cheap it's on unlimited anywhere you find your comics boom you're gonna find this one it's you know only what uh four years old you're good yeah like matt said this is this is only a four-year-old comic um you know it's it's not what we normally cover it's it's a little not obscure but uh we're covering it because it's an interesting take on our theme of alternative origin stories it also like echoes a tradition of horror takes on uh on the the spider-man origin and we'll, we'll get into that a little bit toward the back end of the show but uh for those who might not be co- who might not have been collecting at the time edge of spider-verse was a five-part anthology series that ran right before the big spider-man event called spider-verse as you might have guessed uh which we're actually getting a sequel to starting this month uh each issue focused on a different spider-man or woman Typically with some sort of like genre or stylistic flair, uh, Spider-Gwen came out of this anthology and also more or less eclipsed the hype around all of the other entries, um, which I liked all of them. Um, Matt, Matt, did how, how did you feel about the, the Edge of Spider-Verse? I'm going to be honest, this is my least favorite one. I still enjoy it, however, but the one that came after, which was the kind of animu spider mech thing, was my personal favorite, because yeah, I assume that was your favorite too, because you're on the weeb wavelength like me. <laughs> I, I I don't think my, my power level is quite as high as yours in that regard, but uh, no, I, I really did enjoy that one. I mean, I also enjoy the artistic works of, uh, of Gerard Way. Um, you know, <laughs> uh, My Chemical Romance came out in a very formative formative time in my life so uh wait what does yeah. that have to do with what gerard way is the lead of of my chemical romance he's the one who wrote edge of spider-verse number five. Oh, i didn't yeah know that. he also wrote yeah he also wrote the umbrella chronicles he's also like doing um he's got his own imprint over at dc now anyway uh so was that fifth one your favorite of edge of spider-verse or did i guess yeah that? yeah 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 the the fifth one um which is the s p backslash back slash dr uh spider uh which we just got a sequel to an edge of spider geddon but i think we're starting to get away from our 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 focus here which is on edge of spider verse number four i walked with a spider right so so i'm curious king because this one was more or less your pick when we were picking alternate origins for spider-man what made you gravitate towards this lovely entry <laughs> well because one it's so different from all the other takes on spider-man and two you get 
There, there is some discourse online that describes Steve Ditko's Peter Parker as almost a villain, nearly a psychopath, and this is just what I, I, I have seen personally, just in, in the corners of the web I hang out on. And so I've always disagreed with that, uh, that assessment and thought that people were overplaying perhaps some, some, uh, some elements from Ditko's uh, era. So it was interesting to me to see a story where we actually get like a psychopathic villain Spider-Man. That's interesting. I just want to back up one moment and say, you know, when I'm looking for talk about the Dicko leave run on Spider-Man, I turn to the Amazing Spider-Talk, the greatest Spider-Man podcast online. But it's nice to know that you reach beyond as well. So I, I, I've definitely heard some of that, too, you know, but this is uh, this isn't just like a villain. This is this comic is rendered like an old EC horror comic. This is back prior to the code kind of as gruesome as you could do with uh limited rendering in a comic is basically what i got yeah um you know i remember this one being unsettling when i first read it on my lunch break at work um, you know when it when it came out but rereading it again for the podcast it's like the Patton parnell is the peter parker stand-in in this one and I mean, he's just straight up like repulsive isn't even the right word. It's just just alarming. I mean, we go from serial killer to, oh, man, I really got to remember to go on that panty raid within the first two pages. Like he's torturing, torturing ants. And then you get like a piece of dialogue about him doing, quote unquote, experiments on neighborhood pets. Uh, and then the next page, he's spying on sarah jane the the mary jane stand in through her window and like thinking to himself that he needs to like go and steal some of her clothing which you know let's be real he's not talking about like a shirt right and one of the creepier parts of this isn't just the fact that he's spying on sarah jane but they're they're going on a school trip together at one point uh which is where he gets bit and becomes something of a spider-man but his internal dialogue when he's next to Sarah Jane is like, the test subject smells like strawberries. Like, it's the amount of creepy and the amount of words in that caption is incredible. Like, that is that is perfect horror writing. Right. And I, I, I looked up um, Clay McLeod Chap, uh, Chapman to see, like, because I, I was not familiar. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, I, 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 I don't know. I didn't look that deep into him. Oh, okay. But because um, I wasn't familiar with the name and he's actually a, a prose novelist um, by, by trade mostly. So it's always interesting. Uh, and you'll, you'll see that with these kind of like anthology takes is sometimes they'll bring in people from outside of comics. And sometimes you'll have interesting takes like this. Sometimes you'll have the Wayne Brady backup from... Uh, what, what was it? The $10 Spider-Man 25? Or that SNL written the short Halloween issue where there's lots of weird people coming into comics and doing some weird takes. And That reminds me, we do need to do the SNL block uh, and cover that. I, I believe it's Team Up, where he teams up with the like SNL cast. You got John Belushi dressed up as a samurai on the front cover. It's some good stuff. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, see, like, I, I keep... I, I keep putting off talking about this comic because it is uncomfortable uncomfortable yeah like it's reading it reading it again i was like man i kind of wish i hadn't already committed on air to covering this story because it's it's uncomfortable like we, we see like 
I mean, he's not Peter Parker, and I think that was a good good move on Marvel's part to not call him Peter Parker. But like, you know, kidnap people, kidnap animals. We have, I guess that was Uncle Ted on the bed. Um, you know, begging yeah. oh, begging to be let's go through this. So Patton goes, he gets bit by a spider, becomes a Spider-Man mm-hmm. man. But he's this terrible person. But he's a terrible person in part because his Uncle Ted beats him. Right. What's interesting, too, is there's no aunt here. And there's no parents, clearly. So this is more typical broken home to an abusive relative to making them a terrible person. Like, in this uh, old realm of horror comics, that was not an unheard of setup. Because it was this really common idea of how people became criminals at the time. I don't think it was a way to set up sympathy, but believability more quickly, generally, though. Um, And I don't think they cared as much about splicing that back in the day as well either, because these are comics from, like, the 50s. So things were a little different back then than they are today. (laughs) Or at least published differently. But yes, yeah, I I definitely don't think they played played into the, like, uh, you know, the the home abuse for a sympathetic life, Um, just because we don't see it until about, like, three-fourths of the way through the comic. Mm Mm-hmm. And like by that point, you know, we, we've already seen him, you know, torture, torture animals and spy on Sarah Jane, uh, refer to her or, you know, refer to people in his dialogue as test subjects, mention that all of his classmates need to be sent to the incinerator, um, you know, just some, like horrible, horrible stuff. But yeah, so he, he gets the spider powers and then like he gets this hunger and uh, he finds a mouse in a rat trap and eats it and and it's a little it's a little vague on whether or not he needs to eat these uh eat things to gain power or if he just enjoys it well the way i read it was that um he's slowly becoming more spider than man more monster Mm -hmm. than man and as that developed, uh, his hunger grew, basically. So it starts with him eating a mouse. It immediately follows with him eating the cat. Uh, from there, it goes straight horror, and that's when he takes Ted and puts him in his very spider-esque lair. So little web sacks hang down with the way that spiders hold on to things. And then Ted comes into his room looking like a spider's den. And then when he attacks Ted, the mandibles come out, the long tongue comes out, which, okay, that's how they're doing the monster (laughs) spider thing. Um, Mm -hmm. Which, you know, who's to say what an anatomically correct half spider hand, half man should be? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And from here, uh, whenever he's in public, he's wearing shades. Uh, pulling that nice Cyclops look, the slim shady look. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I guess it's to hide the the spidery eyes. So, so later, Sarah Jane goes over to his house looking for Gene, who is this universe's Flash Thompson, who it's strongly implied God, that Patton, yeah, Patton eats him. I mean, so strongly implied to the point where the way the rest of the story is going, they don't even have to show it. You just know, really. Right. I mean, implied. I feel is underselling it even. Mm-hmm. The, okay, yeah, yeah, uh, I'll agree with that. And then so Sarah Jane goes over to, to Patton's house to ask if he's seen Gene because the last time he was seen they were arguing. That's when Patton, you know, attempts to seduce Sarah Jane and then bites her. And then right right when things are about to go from awful to really awful, Moreland shows up. 
and um that that's that's how this ties in with the spider-verse um you know in in at large is that morlin who is an old older spider-man villain who feasts on people with animal powers specifically spider powers um has is like jumping through the multiverse eating different spider-man and spider-women and so this comic ends with morlin showing up ripping off like limbs and like fangs and stuff from Patton, and then devouring him and you know typically this was seen as the horror elements in like web of spider verse 2 which also ended with that spider-man getting getting eaten and the free comic book day backup which had the 1602 spider-man being like skewered and eaten um so I, it was an interesting inversion that in this one it was like the heroic <laughs> element of it and like Morlin was seen as the hero but then of course you know you turn to the last page and sarah jane is inspecting the the bite that Patton gave her and then spiders explode out of it because why wouldn't they um that's comfortable yeah yeah so uh that's that's the end of this one um yeah and and so like it echoed two different stories uh for me it reminded me of uh web of spider-man i'm sorry tangled web of spider-man uh one through three uh which is the thousands by garth ennis and and that's the one where like someone sees spider-man or peter parker get bitten at the science experiment and then realizes that that gave him spider powers and so he like goes and finds that spider and then eats it and then becomes like a host of like a hive mind of spiders and it's it's very very body horror-esque and you know garth ennis doing his garth ennis thing uh you know people getting devoured uh horrible flesh golems you know all the stuff you love to see in a spider-man story but you know that that's just a that's that's something you're the one that reminded you of was a much bigger curiosity you want to you want to talk about that a little bit sure so i remembered some ties to some people arguing that some of the inspiration for spider-man came from a really old horror story and that was in journey into mystery number 73 it turns out to say this is connected to Spider-Man is more of a reach than I was initially led to believe. Basically, the story is someone gets irradiated and irradiated with spider stuff. Well, there, there, there's a spider. Like, yeah, it's it happens similar to how you know what happens in Amazing Fantasy 15, which comes out a year after this story comes out, is that a, a spider kind of descends into a radiation experiment so to say your marvel setup yeah he turns into this spider monster when i say spider monster think like small scale kaiju like huge and just terrorizes people and then the military fires missiles and he gets done blown up right i mean it, it's <laughs> you know uh journey to mystery at this point was an anthology series that would start out with about like a 10 page story 10 page monster story typically drawn by jack kirby i believe this one is uh, there are no credits, but you know if if you spend as much time as we do reading comics, you can you can pick out Jack Kirby pretty easily. And and this this is after the invention of the CCA. So if you're going to be doing monster comics, you're pretty limited by you know your choices. You you can't fall back on those um, you know universal monsters. Uh, so spiders show up more than once in Journey into Mystery. Um, th- this is actually this. If you try to buy a copy of Journey to Mystery 70, uh, 73, 
it can easily set you back a grand. But it was reprinted about 10 years later in Where Creatures Roam number 8, which is much more affordable. Um, I think it was only like 20 bucks. But yeah, to call this a prototype Spider-Man story, <coughs> the this general setup is there is there, there's a spider, there's radioactivity. Th- but then this one also, by virtue of being a monster story, is... Yeah. You know, it is more horror-esque, and, and the focus is, is more on the horror of a Spider-Man, which is, which is what, you know, the, which is the elevator pitch for Edge of Spider-Verse number four. But it should be noted, a la the canon set up by uh, Spider-Verse, this would count as one of the Spider-Men just as much as anything else. It's true. Uh, he didn't show up. Um, well, he so, got blown I mean, up by missiles. Oh, well, you know, when has someone getting blown up by missiles ever stopped? (laughs) You know, who, like, you know, he gets blown up by missiles, but actually what happens is Spider-Ham shows up and grabs him and yanks him through a portal seconds before the, uh, the, the missile explodes, and there you go. I mean... Right. Um, I want to make another note about the availability to this, too, that I learned about recently, because a lot of these older comics have certain stories that may or may not be under copyright anymore, so a lot of old comic archival sites have a lot of stuff like this available. Interestingly, Amazing Fantasy 15 is not one people think of, because obviously that Spider-Man story is heavily copyrighted. But... There are two other stories that appeared in that issue that no one ever talks about. And whether or not that is fair game is uh, something the archival sites kind of dodge around because literally no one cares and they care about comic archival. So they take what they can in those instances. And Journey into Mystery is much a similar oddity in that respect. Hmm. I didn't know that one because I remember I remember looking up to see if this one was in the public domain and having difficulty right so i learned about this actually from a comics professor with the nation's first comics minor and he was in charge of this archival marvel museum thing that's going on in oregon at least currently oregon it's moving around and for that he had to pull page. he got to pull one page of amazing fantasy 15 out of the library of congress to the um site and doing that cost untold thousands of dollars just to move that page but um, in that process, he learned a lot about what was and wasn't covered. And it was a very interesting, more dodgy thing. And if it gives you a little more credence to know it came from uh, someone very involved in the industry and caring about the area of this, he was pushed to find the other stories of Amazing Fantasy 15 through these sorts of sites because there's no other viable way to go about it. Since at this point, basically every copy of... Uh, basic fantasy 15 in existence is slapped so that, that would make sense um you know anyone who finds one of those is you know yeah uh, well i just paid for my kid's college tuition <laughs> um you know I, i've actually read those other stories because uh they were included in a disc of spider-man stories and they're not very good shocker yeah <laughs> um anyway uh again getting off topic so no this doesn't feel like a spider-man story at all to me how, how about how about you like it, it's it's an interesting inversion again like and so we get we kind of get to see the villainous spider-man that people might always or that people accuse uh the ditko era peter parker of being but past that this is a far cry from a Spider-Man comic. Well, so it is, though all these Edge of Spider-Verse were supposed to be. But I think it's notable that it takes a fairly simple 
twist on the original setup of Spider-Man and leads to a pretty logical conclusion. I mean, the idea of some body horror came in relatively early with a lot of Spider-Man, you know, thinking of the six arms, which we don't even get here. That sort of thing. So, I mean, there's connections. But at the same time, this does feel like the least Spider-Man story of all the weird interpretations we've gotten. So, yeah, this is really pushing our connection point. But it was published as a Spider-Man comic. So, yeah, it, this doesn't it even... Counts. Yeah, it just doesn't really even invert Peter Parker or Spider-Man in any way. It's just really playing on that idea. If someone was given spider powers how much spider would they be? And if you're relatively a spider, how could you not become a monster because of how spiders live? As much as we love them in our yards, uh, they're terrifying at scale. (laughs) (laughs) To that note, I almost want to like not put it on our rank ranking board, but I guess if trouble is on here, then, you know, I can't really make an argument that this doesn't, this isn't really a Spider-Man story. Therefore it doesn't belong on our ranking. Um, I mean, so at least this is a Spider-Man story. I was just about to say, I just played myself here. So <laughs> um, where where would you put this? Because I'm, I'm having trouble placing it just because it plays by so many different rules. Um, right. The way I think about this is would I rather read this issue again than the issue right below it, I guess? So... But like, See, but th- that's difficult for me like to, to come to terms with it just because like while I believe this was well-constructed, and even though I typically really like horror stuff, like, I mean, I, I, I ran a horror film festival, so I, I'd like to believe that, you know, I, I am a fan of horror. This one was just so uncomfortable to read and, like, repulsive, but, like, in a well-crafted way. So, like, Is that the those point the- of horror? <sighs> the point of horror is a completely different podcast that I can go on for hours about. Oh, so basically it's just Supernatural, that show. <laughs> anyway, um, so, you know, this one... Okay, no, no, I, I'm looking at the list, and I'm I'm thinking this is probably going to be somewhere around the family business, Spectacular Spider-Man 215, 216, and uh, Marvel Team-Up 48 through 51 range. What, what, what were you looking at? I was thinking lower because i was comparing this to spider-man india in my mind more than some of the other ones you're putting okay um because i would definitely put this below soul of the hunter okay you would put this below soul of the hunter mm-hmm. hmm we'll see like for me soul of the hunter is approximately our our middle line and uh i always saw that one as flawed but more good than flawed yeah and i would i would say this is i wouldn't call this comic flawed i I would say that it 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 set forth and it did everything that it wanted to do with solid execution um i so i see what you're saying i guess for me though soul of the hunter was tackling a lot of complicated things and is kind of an artifact of spider-man's history in a big way mm -hmm. and for the purposes of our show i think kind of a a benchmark to get past and i don't feel like this issue gets past it because it's playing its oddity and it plays it well but at the end of the day it's just kind of this issue and it doesn't really have any impact whatsoever you know we've been doing this long enough that i i've i had a feeling that that was what what you're gonna say is that ultimately like this story doesn't have a lot of meat on it like it it does what it does well but it's it's not like like you know it's not like soul the hunter it's not complex it's not grappling with the history of the character it's it's one note 
Right. Okay. And and I you know I'm not saying one note in an insulting way. I, I'm I'm no. you know I I just mean that like it's it's not trying to be something it's not. Like an ACDC you know, song. <laughs> sure. Sure. <laughs> Um, okay, no, no, I, I, I see what you're saying. So, south of Soul of the Hunter, so, and, but, but you're thinking, you're thinking below Final Adventure? Uh, I mean, I put this above Final Adventure. Well, Spider-Man India is below Final Adventure. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, I, that's where, uh, that's, I was saying I initially looked at Spider-Man India, but I kind of oh, okay. creeped up from there. All right, so, so, we, we've done a little meeting in the middle. Okay, well then, then, in that case, below Soul of the Hunter, or below Web of Spider-Man 8 and 9? And to me, that's harder because Web of Spider-Man eight and nine is was that hero story. The, yeah, yeah, the, it was it was the the Twilight Heroes, I think is the name of one of them. Um, right, and that hits a soft spot for me because the whole idea of social responsibility and being a hero for the small town, like that, that's a soft spot for me. So I'm mm-hmm. softer on that story. But to say whether or not uh, which one of these two is the better story is comparing a horror movie to a heartfelt movie. Like I don't <laughs> exactly. Like and and that, that was that was kind of my like initial issue coming into this was that like this one doesn't really fit well with all the other stories. Uh, I'm I'm just gonna go ahead and put this above eight and nine because eight or what was Spider-Man eight and nine because what was Spider-Man eight and nine did have some pretty goofy elements that really didn't have any place in the late '80s uh, when it was being published, like the the paper mache rocks, um, you know the, the yeah. Were, definitely relics at that point like had that been a 70s story that would have been fine um but seeing that this was you know web of spider-man 8 and 9 i mean we're that you know if i can't remember off the top of my head if that was early 90s yet or not but we were in that era where you know paper mache rocks just aren't gonna cut it as uh a plot device yeah so so all right okay cool well we got a spot for it. that one that one was a little bit more contentious than we normally do or that we normally have so that's good that's good <laughs> all right well that actually hey that closed that closed out our block that's it Whoa. um yeah so thank you everybody for listening to our alternative origins uh if you had a favorite alternative origin or one that you had in mind that we didn't discuss or cover Tell us about it on Twitter. Send us an email. Um, you know, we'd love to hear love to hear some some more about you guys. And who knows, we could always revisit this, have a have a second pass on it, or or you know, who knows? We definitely but, can. there's plenty more of these kinds of stories. We just wanted to keep things moving. Right, exactly. Um so that brings us on to our next block, which, if for some reason, perhaps a PlayStation 4 Spider-Man game came out and you didn't listen to our last episode um our next block is nothing other than the often teased slingers month which we're kind of cheating on a little bit by also putting in identity crisis the marvel one not the dc one but um so yeah so (laughs) the next episode we'll be tackling all eight issues of identity crisis uh and so it's nine there's a prelude uh to the dusk one yeah i don't don't know if my trade had that in there i'm going off the trade um (laughs) i don't trust no trade right (laughs) well um you know okay hold on we're we're just i'm just gonna go ahead and look this up right now yeah um 
yeah. Uh, so it's the Identity Crisis prelude. They have a little icon in the upper corner. So it's Sp- Spider-Man 90 that you're probably skipping over. So our next episode, will be covering the entirety of Identity Crisis. So that is going to be Peter Parker's Spider-Man 90 through 92, Amazing Spider-Man 434 through 435, Sensational Spider-Man 27 and 28, and Spectacular Spider-Man 257 and 258. So that's going to be covering all four parts of the uh, of of Identity Crisis, including the Dusk lead-in. So get ready for that. For no Af- Spider-Man. <laughs> I mean, a lot of Peter Parker, no Spider-Man. Uh, then after that, we'll be covering the Slingers. And Ooh. then after our coverage of the Slingers, we got something exciting. Do we want to keep that one under wraps? Oh, or They'll get there. They'll get there. They'll get there. All right. So thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, that's going to be it for the episode. Uh, if you haven't, please feel free to subscribe and leave a review for the show. Uh, If you've already done that, please consider sharing the show with someone you think might enjoy it. Uh, All those things help us grow, helps uh, the algorithm overlord be happy and, you know, spread our good word. We also have a Patreon. $3.99 a month grants you access to our Spider-Man B-Title reviews, the Amazing Spider-Talks, Amazing Spider-Man reviews, as well as the VIP channel on our Slack community, the Amazing Spider-Slack. We have a second tier for $10 a month, which gets you commissioned artwork from Spider-Man artists you can't get anywhere else twice a year. If you're interested in that Patreon, we have links in the show notes below. I want to give a special thanks to the Ellie Badge, like always, for providing our theme song. If you want to listen to some more from the Ellie Badge, you can always check out the show notes for links to their stuff. Matt, can we still find you on the internet? No, I'm off. Uh, you're off? Yeah. That's probably for you? the best, really. Let's be real. <laughs> Uh, you can find me on Twitter under Kane Writes. Um, you can also find the show Untold Talks or Untold Talks SPMN or on Facebook under Untold Talks of Spider-Man. Yeah, you can do that. We're not on LinkedIn yet, though. No, no, none of it. And until the pet store is clear about the return policy on this dove I have in my locker, make mine untold. (laughs) 